A group of cantankerous old blue aliens shuffle into a dimly lit conference room. After sifting through papers and a chorus of old man throat clearing, Gen Elder Carl approaches the podium. I'd like to begin immediately. Did someone spit in my cup? Who spit in my cup? Shut up, Schlitz. You're drunk. Put that gun down. Elders save us. We uh, are the elders. Coral, take his gun. Would one of you old tallywhackers please call this meeting to order? As, uh, as you all know, it's been several months since we began open hostilities against the Mirror Empire. The proxy wars are all but over, now replaced with all-out war. There are many in the House and the Senate that have expressed their displeasure with the Admiral's tic tactics. All-out war? He's raising entire colonies to the ground with his army of genetically enhanced dick ears. Women, children, family pets. He sanctioned the murder of countless civilizations. He's a lunatic, and he must be stopped. The proxy war has served us well. I don't understand this council's inclination to abandon it in favor of genocide. Some call Tarkis an opportunist. They say we should have vetted him more thoroughly during his rise to power after Vorik's demise. That's not Tarkis, you old farts! It's a beast of immense power and hatred, wearing that man like a cheap suit! This is a council meeting. We're not here to entertain your wild conspiracy theories. Why are we here, Carl? To discuss the removal of Tarkis as Admiral of the Gen Space Naval Forces. Perhaps Astrid is right. Wouldn't it, uh, be best to just finish them off now? Wow. We have a chance. <laughs> have you been paying attention to the data packs coming out of the capital? Our economy is in freefall. People are restless, and our proxy warriors have all gone rogue. They've taken using guerrilla warfare, and they're attacking the gens. Collateral damage is rather unsettling. No grobbling! Would someone please take all his laser blasters? You'll have to pry them from my cold, dead claws, you filthy space hippie! Now, now is the second time my love them for moves. <laughs> Why are you still talking? Admiral Tarkus, I'm glad you accepted my invitation. Girl, you are looking good. Tarkus, you know military leaders aren't allowed at elder council meetings. Isn't that right, Astrid? Come off it, Coral. He should have a chance to defend himself. Under his guidance, the gens will rise again and take our place as the rightful emperors of the multiverse. Admiral Tarkus, sir, uh, can I get you anything else? Uh, let me hear. Let me check your coat. Oh, here's your espresso and biscotti. Oh, nuts! Oh, it burns! It's so hot! DJ, my most trusted, closest person near me, forget the beverage! I need you to finalize our plans, get on the space phone with Dolly, and let him know we are right on schedule! Right away, sir! Uh, before I go, can I offer anyone a cranberry walnut biscotti or scone? I have staff scones and blueberry scones, but they look the same, and I can't really tell the difference. Scabs are in season. No, TJ! TJ, away! Some of you may have heard the rumors that I suffered a major psychotic break after the sudden death of my supposed lover and confidant, Senator Vork. While it's true her life was cut tragically short by her traitorous and delusional son, my resolve and commitment to our victory has never been more distilled and clear than it is at this very moment. <laughs> I don't know about you, old coots, but I am sick and tired of pussyfooting around with the negs. We've already made the first move. Now it's time to close in before they swoop around and get their navel dicks in our butts. Uh, you don't want dicks in your butts, do ya? No, no, no. That depends. Shut up, Chuck! You know what I mean! We need to regain control, Tarkus. If you don't fall in line, I'm afraid you'll be removed from your command position. 
perhaps it's not too late to smooth things over with the negs and return to the proxy war. Uh, with all due respect, Coral. It's too late! I'm sorry, buddy. We need to move in and finally crush the Mere Empire. I'm just the guy to do that. Uh, you'll see. They're identical to us in almost every way. A victory is impossible. Not true, Coral. They don't have me! Uh, probably. Elders, thanks again for having me, but I must bid you farewell. I want to hear more about those dicks. Where does that man get off? And at what time? Since the dawn of time, there have been stories of great heroes and their victories. This is no such story. It's been months since Senator Vorak first imprisoned her chief science officer for treasonous acts against the Empire and harboring fugitives. For a while, status quo was maintained. The senator would visit, unsuccessfully try to coerce information from our squitted friend, and he in turn would ramble on about the Dark One, subreality, and the fate of the multiverse. Everything changed and got way weirder and more nefarious when, about six weeks ago, Admiral Tarkas visited. He seemed different, eviler, more evil, more evilish, whatever. Hmm. Hello, Tedry. Um, hello, Admiral Tarkas. You sound different. I uh, stopped smoking. Congrats. That's a hard habit to kick. Uh, right. Hey, uh, sorry to inform you that during an altercation, the senator was tragically and brutally murdered by your traitorous friend, Walker John. Uh, also he died, and all of his human companions, uh, well, they died. It was gruesome and amazing and glorious! <clears throat> John's... he's... he's dead? But... but... Our, our mission? Did he say anything before he died? Damn it, did he destroy the Dark One? <laughs> oh, uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, it was hard to tell through all of his blubbery tears and pants peeing. Uh, but I think he said something along the lines of, I'm a pathetic coward and was wrong about the glorious God King Laugen Day. And I denounced everything Ted and I were attempting to accomplish. And uh, he and I were never tight bros. <laughs> it was pretty harsh. I, uh, I, I don't understand. That doesn't sound like- Yeah, well, I'm sure you're very broken up and I need time to grieve. So I'll just leave you here in this cell to rot. Bye! <laughs> okay, my condolences, or whatever. Wow, that guy is a never-ending pasta bowl of dicks. Needless to say, poor Tedry Bartfast remained bereaved for some time. He couldn't sleep, he couldn't work, his mission had failed, and his best friend was dead. He resigned himself to dying in his cell until an unlikely ally arrived. 
Hey, Bobby, you seem really glum. So I snuck you some flavor flames. <laughs> Come on, guy. You look like you haven't eaten in weeks. What's your name? I'm Frankie, but uh, you can call me TJ. Why? All right. I'm kind of a new recruit, but my uh, my cousin, I'm the uh, Admiral's new right hand guy. Oh, what an honor you've been bestowed. Listen. Thanks for the snacks, but if you'll excuse me, I'm going to return to the corner and grieve myself to sleep. Okay, friend. I'm sorry you're so bummed out, but uh, I'll check on you later, alright? Yeah, sure. Thank you, TJ. And so on. While never fully recovering from John's death, Ted did allow himself the occasional respite from sadness, due in part to TJ's helpful distractions. Tarkas even allowed him to build a small lab in his cell, though it was for entirely selfish reasons. Oh, little Tedry, I was overjoyed when Francois told me you were ready to return to work. Now, of course, you're still technically a prisoner, uh, so you'll have to remain in your cell, but I will allow you to move some of your equipment in here on the sole condition that you focus all efforts on creating new and interesting ways to destroy the gent or uh, the Mirror Empire. We're the djinns, we are, that's who we are. It would be ridiculous uh, to want to kill the djinns, am I right? Anyway, the inventing of anything outside that scope is expressly forbidden and punishable by immediate and messy death. Uh, of course I can go, Tarkus. Should I give a list to TJ or? Uh, no, I'll send some other grunt to gather whatever you need. Francesco has been reassigned and you two will no longer be seeing each other. What, why? No, please, we've grown close. He's the only friend I've got left, please. Oh, Tedry, I know. That's why I'm doing it. Bye-bye. <laughs> but you can't keep a good squid down. With the additions to his cell, Ted slowly began to get his groove back. It helped that his buddy TJ was, let's say, non-compliant when it came to the Admiral's orders. Hey, Chad, what insane and impractical thing are you working on now? I've built a small device that turns the internal organs of most bipeds into delicious dim sum. My orders were disturbing and hilarious torture devices. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one, pal. Hey, so, uh... Listen up, buddy. I know you've been having a pretty rough go of it, so I brought you a journal. Figured you could, you know, jot down ideas or feelings or poetry. You know, whatever. It's, it's, not, it's not a big thing, is it? Um, I don't understand. What? what? Oh, and you know how I've been really working on my pottery? Yeah? How's that going? Were you able to fix your spinning wheel? No, I had to get a new one. It's got a mini-ion engine in it. I don't really know what that is, but it's crazy fast. So, uh, anyway, I made you this mug. Oh, Teach, you didn't have to do that. Oh, look, it's got a little tentacle. Is that a tentacle? Yeah. Hey, let me tap the force field and I'll bring this stuff in. Hey, what's this little guy in the chest? It looks familiar. Oh, uh, that's the, um, uh, drug smoker gun? It's not finished yet. Just another torture device for the Admiral. Oh, totally. He's got one on his desk. I found it when I was looking for snacks. So you said your new pottery wheel has a mini-ion engine in it? That's unusual and serendipitous. I'm... I'm sorry, TJ. What are you sorry for, buddy? <laughs> that was yesterday. 
Today, Ted is McLeaning his way through the ship's ventilation system, desperately attempting to locate TJ's secret ceramic studio. Where the waters are so blue. Let's see, level 39. Three more to go. Meanwhile, TJ hasn't reported back to Tarkus in over 16 hours. The Admiral's, well, concern doesn't seem really like the right word. Let's say curiosity is growing, so he makes his way to TJ's most likely location. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Teabag, where is Ted? He, um, beat me up when I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was in here too. Oh, nuts. I made Ted a mug to hear him up, and I brought him the mug, and I shut down the force field so I could bring him the mug, and he beat me up and ran off. I'm sorry, cuz. We, we were best bros. At least I, at least I thought we were. He probably didn't even like my mug. <laughs> DJZ, get out of the cell, find Ted, and bring him to my office. If you don't report back with Ted in three hours, I will turn your lungs into miniature black holes. Yes, Admiral. Sorry for, le- sorry for letting you down. Sorry for crushing a squid man with my heart. Sorry, TJ, but if I'm going to get out of here, this new Statham is going to need that tiny ion engine. Oh boy, really in there. The team is going to be so mad at me, but... Okay, just need to attach this here. That goes there. Carry the two. And skadoosh! Later, chunks! home away from home. Okay, Tedry, for the first time in a long time, you don't have a plan. I know it's scary, but you're safe now. Relax a little, take some time, and recoup. Oh, Ted, who are you even talking to? Are you talking to yourself? Like some kind of crazy person? Sweet baby Cthulhu! Tarkus, where are you? How did you find me? Oh, Ted, you idiot jerk squid. You are floating in the silent abyss outside reality. You walk the line between existence and imagination. You are in my domain. No, it's you. You are the God King Haugende. You man, I thought we were tight bros. I can't believe you betrayed my trust, my friendship. TJ, get out of Ted's brain. I am in the middle of a pre-execution speech. I still find you shy while you breathe, man. I brought you grace here. TJ, I will tie you down, travel to the future, kidnap your future children bring them back and feed them to you! Now, Ted, my boy, I really am sorry, but I can't have you flitting about making sad attempts to stop the destruction of all reality. I will unfortunately have to blink you out of existence now. Your insubordination simply can't go unpunished. Uh, is that you at the door? <laughs> no, uh, but I wouldn't answer that. You'd probably get sucked. God, anything has to be better than you rambling on and on and on inside my skull. Ted, don't. 
Henry Barkfast. You will come with me if you wish to live another day. Take my hand and the Prince of Lies and Hate cannot reach you. What is When Ted opens his eyes, he's greeted by what appears to be a woman made of pure light. She towers over him, seemingly wrapped in a rainbow. She wears a mischievous, yet friendly, smile on her face. Regardless, Ted can't hide his fear and suspicion. Okay, Rainbow Bright, who are you and what's going on? Also, thank you for saving me. Hello, Ted. It's good to see you in person. You may call me Madam Multiverse, and think nothing of it. I've had much invested in you and your friends, and I'd hate to see your journey come to such a mundane end. Okay, Madam Multiverse. Without meaning to sound rude, I almost just had my brain vibrated into pudding by some kind of mind demon, and someone's beat my pants. So if we could move past the vague mystical speak, I'd really appreciate it. Oh, Ted, you're no fun. Fine, but first answer me this. What are you doing in the sub-reality sphere? I was escaping both prison and a likely death sentence. No, Ted, what I mean is, the sphere is no place for mortal beings. How did you come to occupy it and travel, so to speak, through it? How did you even come to learn of it? Oh, well, about five years ago, a colleague of mine got his hands on some ancient gen tomes that mentioned traveling outside of reality. We both became fascinated by the idea, so in our spare time, we researched it. The deeper we explored, the more bizarre the stories became. An ancient evil, a family corrupted, this magical past that seemed utterly ridiculous. And the room I rescued you from? Where did you locate that? The plans for the transporter, I don't know how to explain it. It's like they just came to me in a dream. I woke up one day with a crystal clear vision in my brains. I spent a week in a fervor, knowing what I was building, but not how I came to the information. As for the room itself, that was created in my mind and instantly realized. I thought of the safest, most comfortable place of my past, and it materialized inside the sub-reality bubble. If I hadn't built the damn thing myself, I'd almost believe it was some kind of magic. Ted, you are truly a brilliant mind, and John has so much to thank you for. What do you know about John? I know he started on this journey with you for selfish reasons. I know that, while he's deceived his human companions, he's come to appreciate and respect them, and even regrets many of his lies. I know that the death of his mother eats away at him. He'll never get over it. I also know that he's finally ready to take a selfless stand against the corruption that has begun to permeate the multiverse. You speak as if he's still alive. Admiral Tarkas, the Dark One, he basically admitted to murdering him. Yes, I overheard what the self-proclaimed God King Loganday told you, but he is a force of pure chaos and evil, and a master manipulator. So, John's alive? Ted, I've enjoyed our conversation. Unfortunately for me, it's time for you to rejoin your friends. I look forward to seeing how you and the Harbingers progress. And believe me when I say, you and I will meet again. The expanded Harbingers of Calamity, after recently rescuing John, have made camp near their old stomping grounds on Planet Boneyard. With a renewed purpose in life, John has decided to refocus his efforts from moping around the galaxy hopelessly depressed to finding and killing the Dark One. It's a gargantuan task, and the group isn't exactly sure where to start. While John and the Baron strategize and plan, Zula does her best to prepare the others for inevitable combat. Remember, always keep your blade raised. The moment you think you've won, you've lost! Hiya! How do you avoid being flanked? Ah, that has more to do with battle strategy than one-on-one -on -one combat. 
You and your comrades should keep a tight circle and keen focus on your surroundings. Ha! Good work, Joan. Your blocks are well-placed and your counters are very imaginative. Are you sure you've never wielded a blade before? Well, I fenced a bit in high school, but that was years ago. Sula, if you don't mind, I'd like to put more energy into learning non-lethal blows. Stop! Melissa, yield. Joan, when the war comes, and that is when, not if, the only blows will be lethal. And if they don't come from you, they will come from your enemy. I'm going to do my best as this group's warrior to back everyone as best I can, but I need to make sure you're all prepared and able to kill your enemy. All of you. Most of you are intelligent, capable, and most of all, desperate to survive. With proper training and, God's willing, a competent plan, we will all live to see our grandchildren grow old. Wow. That was actually really inspiring, Zula. Yeah, as much as I miss David, I'll admit it is nice to have someone a bit more competent in a leadership role. I have to say, I'm ready to follow you into battle. Hoorah, and all that. Hoorah, indeed. Oh, I wouldn't say you're ready yet. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Oh, you are going down, lady. Hello! Looks like we got back just in time, am I right? Oh boy! As a dude trapped in perpetual adolescence, I gotta say, give it a rest. Hey, shut up. Anyway, I'm just saying these ladies are doing some excellent sword handling. Ugh, that is it! Holy fuck! Oh my god, my fucking ear! Why, Melissa, why? Oh no, Melissa, I don't think that was necessary. Hold on, Dylan, I have an ointment for that. My ear, really? That was brutal and aggressive. I approve. Oh, quit your crying. Baron and John will reattach it. Let this be a very important learning experience, dill dick nose. How about you, Will? Got any funny zingers to add? Uh, hmm. You know, I had something about being a far superior sword handler, but I think I'll go see what Eugene's up to instead. Oh, no! Come on, Uh, what now? Why does this always happen? Ready your swords, women. Will, Dylan, cower behind them. No! It's dead. Melissa? You are alive. Wait, you know this? Man? Oh, totally! It's T-Squiggles! Ted, you gotta help me. Melissa cut off my ear. Oh my, my, my. Did you deserve it? Yes. No? <laughs> it's good to see you're all well-ish. Come on, Dylan, take me to John, and let's fix your man ear. <sighs> Once again, I have no idea what's going on. Head and toe, the group returns to camp for a heartfelt reunion of two old friends. There was much joyous, manly hugging, and even a few manly tears were shed. It was all very masculine. John, I'm so pleased you're well. Tarkus told me you died at the forge. I mourned for weeks. I can't convey how good it is to see you again, brother. It's, it's good to see you too. We're mostly fine now, for the time being. A lot has happened since we last spoke. Indeed it has, old friend. Shortly after our last communication, I was thrown into the brig by your mother. I, uh, I, uh, I heard of her passing. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sure you had your reasons for doing it. It wasn't me. The Dark One took hold of my body It. <sighs> Ted, we have a lot to catch up on. And catch up they did. As Ted reattached Dylan's ear, the Harbingers told tales of pirates and rock monsters, losing Dave to the seduction of magic and ancient tomes. Dylan and Melissa told of their exploits with the Baron. John tried to gloss over his murderous misstep in North Haywick, but Will helpfully brought it up. Thank you, Will. I got you, buddy. And of course, the events at the Forge. 
Ted and Kind shared his time in the brig, befriending TJ and his daring escape. So, Dr. Squidberg, how is it that you've managed to find our exact location? Other than the bizarre coincidence that it's exactly where you were headed months ago, and where I sent Dylan and Melissa to find you? Ooh, spoopy. Ah, uh, yes, besides that. Well, while incarcerated, I built a new stick from the 3.0 is out? Uh, yeah, right, whatever you say. It's designed to read any signs of biometrics, specifically Dylan, Eugene, and John. But it's useless now. If the Dark One can trap us outside of the pudding, we're going to have to travel the old-fashioned way. Later that evening, as the group was settling in, enjoying the campfire, and imbibing in copious amounts of alcoholic mutant brew, something in Joan's journal catches Ted's eyes. Joan, uh, what are you working on? Oh, hello, Ted. I'm just reading over some of David's old D&D notes. I wanted to incorporate his Prince Loganday villain character into my first story. Prince Loganday? Yes! It's one of David's oldest characters. Our group has been battling Loganday since we were in high school. In the story I'm working on, Mother Multiverse appears to help the Harbingers ward off his evil advances. It's my first attempt at storytelling, but I think David would be proud of the effort. Mother Multiverse? Joan, um, can I see your notebook? No, that's private. Give that damn book to me. This is incredible! And extraordinarily unlikely, I... Everyone, we need to leave! Now! We need to research, experiment, hypothesize! I... Uh, okay, Ted. Since we can't operate out of the sub-reality bunker anymore, where should we go? We'll need an advanced tech lab, combat training grounds, and vast research library. I think perhaps a call home is in order. You know what that means, Eugene? Road trip! Oh, will you two shut up? Ooh, a call home. What could that mean? This is all getting pretty exciting, huh? Like our group is ramping up to something big and really important. Speaking of the group, it's getting pretty crowded in here, huh? Geez, I wonder if somebody's gonna die soon. Gotta make some room. Well, I suppose it was only a matter of time before I ran afoul of that obvious deus ex machina bitch, Madame Multiverse. Uh, you! Random gen soldier! Were you able to track Barfbag's biometrics? I want him found and executed. No, sir. We've scanned this entire quadrant and have found no trace. <laughs> oh, you people are so <laughs> disappointingly incompetent. Summon in TJ to my office now. Honestly, how am I supposed to bring about the destruction of existence everywhere with all these constant distractions? Hey, Admiral, you, you wanted to see me? TJ, I am trying to put some trust and faith in you as I attempt to bring my ultimate plans to fruition. But you have yet again failed me. Hey, come on, man. I'm new to this whole evil sidekick thing. I'm giving it my all, I swear. Well, TJ, you literally made friends with the enemy. Yo, come on, I was, I was trying to get information out of him. Oh, well, what did you learn? Poor Henry's really broken up over his friend. Okay, it's official, you are useless. As punishment for disobeying orders, befriending the squid, and letting him escape, um, let's see. Oh, uh, I am ordering you to set fire to your little hidden ceramic studio. What? Nope! Please, Yogi! Find me in the space! Give me the tentacle arms! Please let me keep my studio! I'm getting really good! I, uh, <laughs> no! In addition, you're required to eat every mug, bowl, vase, and whatever else you've wasted your time on. Now get out of my sight!
<laughs> TJ, this is embarrassing. All I want is to wreak vengeful death on the entire multiverse, and this is the nonsense I must deal with? Hardly seems worth it anymore. Wow, that guy is ruthless. I wonder what made him so damn evil. And why is he so vengeful? Maybe we'll get to find out next time on... A Beginner's Guide to Interplanetary Destruction!